Hello everybody, uh, my name is Ellen, I'm one of the missionaries here from the Bay Area and I'm very happy to be sharing with you the influence of Mary, especially uh, the Morenetta of Uke, uh, the influence in our founder and charism. We will start a series deepening our spirituality, especially our Marian spirituality, but also seeing how this spirituality can help us in this time of pandemic how it can help us to cope and also to, to be there for others as well and how to live out our identity. I'm going to start with a song, a song that was written by the first Visionary Sisters from our community. And it's in Mallorquin and it's called Mumareta, which is like a loving term for little mother. And you will have also the lyrics on the screen. So uh, just uh, a minute and I'm going to play that song for you.
as you can hear, the song is uh, in Mallorquin. Mallorquin is the spoken version of what written is Catalan, which is uh, one part of uh, Spain where it is spoken. So Jaime Bonet, he was born in Mallorca. And you see that small island of Mallorca there. It's a tiny little island. And next to it is Menorca. So it's off the Spanish coast. And nevertheless, even though it's a tiny island, very remote, this island has seen a lot of coming and going. Even though it's very secluded at the same time, it is a melting pot of different races, of different people, of different nations that came and conquered even, or, or just uh, did some, some business there and stayed. So it really is a little bit like what we are living here in the States. It's, uh, especially in California, it's where so many people arrived from all over and where it's like a microcosmos of the world. That is what uh, Mallorca was from the very, very beginning. Here you can see our founder as a small priest. Uh, you can see him there. He is um, um, with other priests at that time. That's what they were wearing. And it's uh, in front of one of those sanctuaries. There are many, many churches and sanctuaries in Mallorca. Mallorca is an island full of faith, but it's also a faith that has passed through a lot of suffering and through a lot of uh, crisis. So it, it wasn't always easy um, to be there. And what Jaime writes when, when, he, um, when he was younger, like when he discovered his vocation, you can see how he was attached to Mary and how the marine spirituality of the island and of his family really shaped him. When he was um, 13 years old and discovered the vocation, what he did after that dialogue with Jesus on the cross, he ran and looked for Mary. He went to Mary and he sat in front of her and he said, I'm going to put this gift that I have received from God in your hand because I'm afraid I might lose it. I'm afraid that this gift will get lost that I might sort of just let go of it. So he went to Mary and then many, many years later in 1981, when he gave a, a talk, he gave a retreat in Siete Aguas, he writes about that moment. And what he, what he says is, with a vocation, I discovered Mary as if she personally had transmitted the news to me, the announcement. She was the angel of the Lord for me. Mary explained to me the how and also the why of the decision on God's behalf. And she herself went ahead in my response making me hasten to announce without delay, almost in unison. Mary's gaze drew me and in some way captivated my eyes as if they had belonged to her. If I did not have her expectant and lovingly scrutinizing attitude, it would have been difficult for me to be able to look in any direction without stumbling. To look at God was to give with the smile of Mary and to observe people was to follow the direction of her maternal care. Isn't that beautiful what he writes? And it totally reflects the spirituality that you can find, the marine spirituality in Mallorca where our charism was forged. He discovered. What do we discover in these days where we are at home, where we are sheltering in place? What is our vocation? She was the angel. She's the one who explains the how and the why. 
Sometimes things are hard. It's hard to understand why the pandemic, how to live it. Mary explains. She comes like an angel. Her gaze draws us. And she has an expectant and lovingly scrutinizing attitude. It's not scrutinizing, what have you done wrong? What other day has gone uh, that you didn't follow everything? It's loving. And there is expectation. Because life without expectation, it's very low. It's the right expectation with love, our founder used to say, it makes us noble. If there's love and expectation, it just makes you, it, it makes you a villain. You cannot follow up, you cannot live it out. And it's a very holistic approach. It's with our mind, with our heart, with our strengths. And Mary, she comes to all of it. She talks to my mind. She touches my heart. And she asks all of my strengths, also in these situations. Our fine founder is from a little village. This is like the place where the, the Virgin of Uke, which I, who I'm going to speak about, was found. It's a sanctuary there, a cloister. And, and that is what Mallorca is like in the inside of the island. It's harsh. It's dry. It's very remote. And at the same time, on the coast, it's so easy to go to other uh, parts. It's a paradigm. It's a little island. It's remote and at the same time very accessible and a melting pot of cultures, of marginalized. And yet at the same time, it's a microcosmos of the world. In the, and in the Middle Ages, uh, we already had that. In the middle of the 13th century, the Muslims had occupied for eight centuries, Spain and also Mallorca. And there was a mix of races because when people occupy a country, the ones that live there do not go. So there were a lot of Muslims, there were a lot of Jews. There were a lot of Carolingians of the time, the Romans, the Hispanic, the Catalan, and they were all there gathered. And that you can also see because of the art. The art of the time and of that Virgin, you see that Virgin Mary that was found in Mallorca. There are legends about it. There are actually two legends and both legends have a bit of truth to it. So what it's, the first legend says is that a little boy from a Muslim family, you know, the Muslim family, they had a farm uh, right where that monastery is in that region and they had to give it up because the Christians came, they had to give it up and they continued working for, well, for the people who, who had it and they baptized. We don't know if it was freely or they had to, but anyway, their children grew up in Christian faith and the little boy called Lucas, which is in Mallorquin, Uke, went out someday with the, um, with the sheep and, and he found a statue of Mary, a little wooden statue of Mary somewhere in the bushes. And what was the biggest surprise for him wasn't just finding that statue, but finding it as a black one, as a one of color, because that was his color. He found Mary in his color. And that is where, where it becomes really interesting. The second legend is that the statue was found by a, by a monk and a shepherd somewhere close to a little river that was running in that region. And in both stories, the little boy and the monk or the shepherd, they took 
the statue to their home um, parish or church or sanctuary. And what happened was that whenever they left the statue alone, it disappeared. It always ended up again in the same place where they found it until they realized that Mary did not want to go to the place that they had chosen, but that she had chosen that place. And that place was where they then constructed a little chapel and then pilgrimages started. And it became a really uh, important place of pilgrimage. And later on, they built a monastery. And up to now, it's a retreat center where people can go and pray and find God. So, and here you also see the, the uh, influence of the different arts. This is the Cathedral of Mallorca. It's Roman and yet it's most Arabic. It has all the Arabian influences. If you see the way uh, the, the looks like minarets, uh, how it's shaped. So you can really see this influence of a black Madonna of art that surrounds you that is shaped by different traditions and cultures. And that is what Jaime writes in one of his writings uh, in 1981 when he preached. And, and that's what he preached to us. So what he says is, Mary invites me to look at myself in her until I reproduce all her image in me. Ambition that looks at her children with her and as herself so that my attitude in whatever place may make present her motherly love. Her love is made of patience for me. Therefore, despite my ineptitude and idiocy, she does not fail, not even for a day, in giving me the particular class to precisely not lose the course of, the, of her children so beloved. I mean, you can always go back to these slides, they'll be on YouTube, but it's really precious. Look at how she invites me, myself in her. Like that little boy, who found a black Madonna like him. And that was the color of the slaves. How do I see myself? Finding myself in Mary, looking at myself in her, until her image is me and I'm her image. I do not have to be someone different to be found in her, to accept myself, to look at me in her. And also, I really like that word, what it says, the spectrum. Despite my ineptitude, my idiocy, my whatever we can say, whatever we feel like we are, she doesn't fail and she gives us particular classes. You know, when you're not good at a certain subject, you need someone to give you a particular class and often you pay for them. For Mary, you don't have to pay. She comes and she gives you that particular class. What do you need a class in? Patience? Understanding? Maybe how not to run against the wall or how not to scream or how to accept the circumstances or, or maybe it's just how to cope with, with difficulties or maybe with kids or with what you hear in the news or with yourself or maybe with lack of hope or faith. She gives us this particular class whenever we need it. And it's really interesting to see that Mary who holds a baby but she doesn't just hold it. With her other hand, she points to the baby. And that is so much of our charism. And then the baby holds an open book, the word of God, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. It could really be a summary of our charism. Mary is mother. We all need to be held. And we need to hold others. We need to care for them. But we also need to point to Jesus. 
She doesn't point at herself. She points to Jesus, who is the only truth. It's only through Jesus that we can get to others. And she points to Jesus who holds an open book. We are not just an enclosed society. Nobody can come in. Our houses, our hearts open, open to all. Open to those we like and the ones we don't. Open to those who understand and the ones who think different. And it's really interesting to see how she points to the word of God. We are Birbum Day. And that is a spirituality found in Mallorca. And what does it mean for us? What does it mean? Heimat writes again, her equal love for all concentrated in those in which her son Jesus fixed his gaze, the disciples, us, and chose for the good of the family. In this way, Mary gives us her sweetness and gentleness, a fraternal responsibility and demand that penetrates our heart and reaches our soul. No one can look at her without feeling the rhythm of the blood, heartbeat, breath of each one of her children. She's intensely involved with every fondness of her heart, as each drop of blood and each piece of love, like every atom of our flesh and bones, each minute in time as a millimeter of your skin. Everything for her is life for the children. Everything in her children is love of a universal home. And that's the invitation in these days, to create a home that's universal, that where everyone is welcome, but with sweetness and gentleness with fraternal responsibility, with demand, but the demand that is not far away from our heart. It's a real lesson of becoming one, of becoming unified in faith in her. And it's really, what does it mean for us? She's one like us. Her circumstances were not ideal. Look at the time she was found. It was a time where a lot of people were angry, were marginalized, were oppressed. A time where you see social injustice. We don't even know about the family of that boy. What do we see in the news? I get angry every time I hear about the social injustice, the structural injustice of the injustice of access, of health, uh, of jobs, of money, whatever it is. It wasn't easy and nevertheless, she can reach out. We can become one in her. We can learn the particular lesson of not closing ourselves in an open book, not closed in in our own ideas, our small words, our small horizons. She appears like an angel, says our founder. She gives us the special class and she teaches us how to love. It's really amazing to see how all of this from our charism can already be found in the traditional prayer card of the Virgin of Hugh. And here you have the prayer card with the traditional prayer. And what it says is, Mother of God, you were crowned queen, queen and mother of Mallorca. In the image given to you in Hugh, keep asking the Holy Spirit for our church and keep showing your son with the open gospel not a closed gospel, not just for a few, not just for those who have the right life or those who know everything. It's open, open to discover, open for all people, open. 
Mother of you who reigns with the heart on the mountain where you feel close to your children's need, obtain for us the great gift of unity above the differences. I mean, isn't that amazing? That's a very old prayer. Close to your children's need. And that could have been written by our founder. The, the heartbeat of the children, the heartbeat of the humanity, and then the gift of unity, not annulling the differences. I mean, especially now where we live in confined spaces, not wanting the other to be like me, accepting in unity that we are different and that the difference can enrich me, it can make me grow. And then keep vigil, it says, day and night of Mallorca and the sister islands and open us to even further and broader horizons in order to announce the good news all over the world. I mean, she's a missionary, Madonna, in, in a tiny place in the middle of the mountains where you could only reach through very difficult walking. To be a missionary doesn't mean you have to go out. It means that your heart burns for the others around us, that it burns for justice, that it burns for things being done well and being done right, that it burns for openness, that it burns for the Son of God, that it burns for so many people around us. I also have here the Hail Mary written by Ramon Yul. Ramon Yul was a, um, from Mallorca, from Palma. So he's from the 13th century as well, more or less from the time when that Mary was found. And he converted, he was married, had two children from a rich family. And when he converted, he wanted to reach out to others, bring the face to them. So what he did during eight years, he enclosed himself and studied uh, the Arabic language because he wanted to convince, at that time they called them the, the infidels, the ones without faith. He wanted to reach out to them, but not just like, uh, forcing them. He wanted to talk to them. He wanted to reach out, convince them. He believed that every religion had some truth in it. And then he writes the Hail Mary. He traveled very far. He traveled all over Europe. He traveled to Arabia. And, and at that time, the language spoken outside uh, when you traveled was always the Roman language. So Hail Mary is like this, hello, Mary. I salute you, Mary. And, and what he writes is like the Hail Mary, and, and it's beautiful to read, and it really has influence. It's the spirit of the island of Mallorca, which is also the spirit of our charism. Sometimes we think that we are just like a universal religion, but we have also been immersed in a spirituality that was forged in an enclosed island with an openness of heart, and which was a melting pot of cultures. Your servant salutes you on behalf of the angels, the patriarchs, the prophets and the martyrs, the confessors and the virgins. I greet you on behalf of all the saints of heaven. And I bring you greetings from the Christians, the faithful and the sinners. Aren't we all faithful and sinners? The faithful because you are worthy of their praise and because you are the hope for our salvation and the sinners salute you and beg for your forgiveness. Hail Mary. I bring you greetings from Muslims and Jews, from Greeks, Mongols and Tartars. I am the channel through which they and many other unbelievers greet you. I salute you for them. 
so that your son will remember them. Hail Mary, for you are worthy to be known, loved, served, and honored by all the people and all the nations on earth. They all salute you and beg for your glory and forgiveness. I mean, isn't it amazing? That's from someone written in the 13th century before the Inquisition in a time where people were killed if they were not Christians. And he brings greetings for Muslims, Jews, Greeks, Mongols, and Tatars. And he's the channel through which he greets. We are confined in tiny spaces, but we can be a channel. A channel through which we bring to God so many needs, so many situations, so many questions. We can be a channel. We don't have to force things. We don't have to have answers for everything. everything. We can salute Mary in that spirit of forgiveness, of patience. And I really invite you in these days where we deepen the Verbum Day spirituality to think about how can it support your life, our life in this time of crisis? How can Mary help us to pray, to discern what to do, how to act in circumstances that shift, in circumstances that challenge, circumstances where also our traditions and surroundings, often you cannot choose them. We can choose whether the news, whether the things we hear affect us creating violence or creating unity, whether we can deepen in a spirit of love and understanding, and that is where Mary comes in. We can deepen and hopefully experience how Mary is the person that can help us, help us pray, help us love, help us dialogue, help us to have open horizon, help us to have an open book, an open Bible, and an open mind. Because if we don't have an open mind and an open heart, it will be very difficult that the word of God may reach, first of all, our heart and so many that are with us and that are in our heart.